Coach, before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that I made a mistake. We talk a lot about our free presentation on coaching through COVID happening on January 11th. We've changed that date because I did notice that the college football national title game is on January 11th. So we've moved that date to January 10th. So you can disregard the time that we talk about it being on January 11th. It's January 10th at 8 p.m. It's a Sunday evening. And if you're interested in that, you can contact us, contact at currentbasketball.com at Coaches Edge One, and we'll be happy to send you that Zoom link. All right, let's get to the show. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining us today. It's 2021. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. And what a better way to start off 2021 with our very first episode than talking about coaching through COVID with one of our very best, most important Coach's Edge contributors, Coach Anthony Troshak of Brown City High School. Coach, how are you doing? I appreciate the kind words and uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on the podcast uh, 2021. Um, definitely looking forward to uh, this year as we kind of got some information about our season started. So it's an exciting time and I'm looking to dive into kind of the topic of how it's all gonna look. Um, from talking to other coaches and attending some webinars, just wanna share what I've uh, gathered hopefully help some coaches out there. Absolutely. And you've created a great presentation that we're going to uh, share to our Coach's Edge coaching members. We're also going to open it up so other coaches that are interested in attending our online presentation, that's going to be a really great opportunity for them. And we're going to dig into some of those talking points that we've picked up from communicating with other coaches, different states, all those different things, so that as a coach listening to this podcast, you can take away any bits and pieces that are helpful to you so that you can have just a little bit of, of an edge as you head into the new year. So before we dig into that, a quick word from our sponsor. Okay, Coach Tro, thank you again for joining us. And this is 2021 for any of our new listeners out there that have just found the Coach's Edge. Could you give us a real short introduction about yourself before we get into the Coaching Through COVID podcast? Uh, make it quick. I'm entering, I believe, my seventh coach or seventh year at this varsity coach at Brown City High School. Uh, coach Boyce basketball. Before that, I was in a smaller school. Um, the tip of the thumb, uh, Caseville, Michigan. Um, grew up in Williamston. Um, went to school at Michigan State. Um, always, since I was young, since we had open gyms, I was always like interested in assembling teams and coaching um, along with teaching, just teaching the game. And once I kind of had the head coach position, I really dove into like the development aspect of coaching from diving into all of wooden stuff. And it's just kind of snowballed from there and taken off. And I just uh, every day I, I enjoy learning from other coaches because you can learn so much, um, so much. Out, there's so much out there for you to learn and absorb and get better every day. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking the time and sharing your passion and your knowledge for the game, as well as your coaching experiences with all of us at the Coach's Edge. Um, 
coaching through COVID, could you give us an overview of what this podcast would look like, what that presentation would look like, and then we'll get specific in some ways that you've really done a nice job of breaking it down for our coaches. Yeah, first and foremost, I think um, there's almost two, two different um, aspects of coaching through COVID. One would be from a distance, which a lot of coaches in the state of, well, all the coaches in the state of Michigan are doing, and maybe other states, right now we can't work with our players. So coaching from a distance, what can we do um, to still teach lessons? What can we do to still help our players out during this time? And the other um, aspect of it is once we're in person, uh, how is that going to look? Um, what are the best and most efficient ways to prepare our team to get ready? Um, Michigan just came out. We can, as of now, we can start practice on January 16th, and our first game is January 22nd. And Coach Kramer, we're playing up at USA. You're a, you're a alma mater, so oh you're baby, like, yeah. So anyway, but there's kind of two aspects of it: coaching in person and also coaching from a distance. And during the season you might be quarantined. So you might go back to coaching from a distance. So even though we're transitioning into coaching in person, um, there are still a lot of tools out there, things that you can do as a coach to be prepared if you do get quarantined and how that would look from coaching from a distance. That's a great point. And that we'll, we'll dig into, let's go coaching from a distance first. But as you mentioned, you know, like we have uh, members from Ohio, well, they've been up and running but many of those coaches have also had to go back to distance coaching mid-season because somebody, you know, had a content tracing. They've had to sit back. So they've, you know, gone from distance to in-person to distance back to in-person again. And in Michigan, just because you're going in-person, you could be, like you said, you could be going right back into uh, distance coaching as well. So it's really important to cover both of these areas, regardless of, you know, what our regulations are, guidelines are in different states across the the country. So let's go distance first. What are some ways from a leadership standpoint that you can continue to coach your team? Um, yeah, kind of how I broke it down um, from attending some webinars, talking to other coaches, listening to yourself, just discussing, came up with like five different um, ways um, to coach from a distance. But to answer that question about leadership, um, some of the ways that I've picked up that are that are helpful it can be beneficial is I've never talked to a coach and at the end of the season they've gone it has said we had too much leadership this year we just had too many leaders our leaders were too good never never has that happened and oftentimes we want to focus on leadership during the season we want to have meetings with our players we want to teach them um, leadership techniques um, and during this distance time that's a great time we have what we have is time um, so a couple ways you could dive into it is you could do a team book or you could do with maybe your leaders on the team. And if you don't want to dive that much into it, like, you know, that's quite an investment as a team to read a book. Um, coaches are here. Maybe you pick a chapter. Maybe it's four pages. Maybe it's an article. Uh, take, for example, Jay Billis's toughness. Um, there's a book on it, but then there's a short article and you could have your players read that. You could have them discuss it. Um, there's endless videos out there. If you were to search leadership videos that involve basketball that could spark a discussion. So if you're having a Zoom, um, you share a leadership video of maybe it's somebody talking post-game conference. You know, they talk about a recent one that came out was, um, I'm forgetting the school. I want to say it's Rutgers, but he's talking about role players. And he named everyone on the practice team that 
helps them get ready for the games and how they don't get credit. And you can dissect that as a coach with your team and talk about the leadership skills. Another thing you could have players do is like study a leader. Um, go out there and say, hey, I want you to study any leader. It doesn't have to be basketball, any leader. Tell me what makes them a good leader and then discuss that. Um, so those are just some ideas um, to develop leadership. Like I said, you know, I've never talked to a coach that said they, they had too many leaders or you know, their leadership was too good. Um, and another small way I'm looking at my notes, forgot to mention is player led wor Zoom workouts. We did that and it was awesome. We had you know, the, the sophomores, the juniors, the seniors lead the Zoom workouts. And it was just, as a coach, it was fun to watch them coach and watch them um, come up with new drills and teach other teammates. So that's just a couple of ways um, that you can develop leadership um, from a distance right now. I love it. And you transitioned us nicely talking about those online workouts into player development. I mean, that's a, that's a big, tough task when you can't physically be in the gym with your players. So what has player development looked like or what would the, the best case of that look like for you? I mean, there's uh, multiple ways to do it. I mean, if you want kind of to work together, I think doing some Zooms are good. You also would be a, probably a beneficial for coaches to have all of their information in one place, um, whether it's a Google Classroom, um, something, maybe use Huddle and you can upload um, documents there. I'm not sure I don't have Huddle, but anywhere you can have a database of workouts, of drills that players can do um, is going to help their player development. We've done Zooms. We had you on Coach Kramer and you did a phenomenal job. It was probably the best workout we had. Um, as far as our Zooms. So you can reach out to, to player development coaches. Maybe it's an alumni that can lead your workout. A um, couple other helpful things that I've gathered is pick like one skill and just kill that skill. Um, for example, maybe you work on stride stops and you do it the entire Zoom for 30 minutes. Everything is ball handling, but you end it with like a stride stop. And then you show the kids like a film either before or after when you use that stride stop. Um, you know, how would you use it? Reverse pivoting off it, stepping back through, and you just like killed that skill. Um, that's the main emphasis of that player development, that Zoom. Um, so that's another way to develop players. Um, another one that might be fun for coaches is similar to that leadership study. Have players study, a, have your players study a college player, an NBA player they can watch right now. Um, what they do, their strengths, their weaknesses, and almost develop like a scouting report on that player and things that they can implement into their game, which kind of brings me to the next thing is um, Coach A.J. Burton, who's a contributor to the Coach's Edge. He was on our Zoom, and he talked about self-evaluations and having a scouting report. So part of player development is knowing your strengths and weaknesses. And Coach Burton said, if the other team has knows a scouting report on you before you do, you're done. Meaning entering this season, you're going to, other teams are going to do stuff to you. How are they going to defend you? What are they going to do on offense to attack you? And if you don't know, and if you don't have a plan, it's not going to happen mid game. It's not going to happen during the game. So we actually had our players um, do a self-evaluation and I do scouting reports. So I just said, Hey, you're going to create a scouting report for yourself. How, how are other teams going to close out to you? How are they going to guard you? Um, and then from there, how are you going to improve on these things? And what, what are you going to do to maximize your skills this season um, to kind of, you know, combat uh, that scouting report on yourself? So self-evaluation is another way for players to develop right now. 
Love it. Love it. It's not just the the reps, but understanding your your own scouting report and getting the chance to visualize what some of those game situations and what the defense is going to do is key. Now, one of the biggest ones, especially now, is I mean, you can't play great unless you're in great shape. So how have you gone about the distance coaching from a fitness standpoint? That that's huge. Um, and it's probably the most difficult, Coach Kramer, like because it's middle of winter in Michigan. It's tough to get outside. Um, where we live, there's not a lot of gyms close. Luckily, we have um, a fitness center in town. Um, but that, that's definitely a tough one. So I would sprinkle it in in your Zoom workouts. Um, there's, you know, if you're any, if you know anything about CrossFit or any of the um, kind of high intensity interval training, there's a couple different forms of um, workouts that you could do. One is like an AMRAP, where you give the players 20. 15 minutes and then you give them a set of exercises and they do as many reps or as many rounds as possible in that 15 or 20 minutes. One, it's competitive and, you know, it's fun. And each kid's working at their own level. One kid might get through 10 rounds while your top kid kid gets through 16 rounds. And then maybe you do that same workout a week later and you try to improve. Um, There's also like, we've been doing a couple every minute on the minute, which um, basically players have a minute to perform. Like we did 10 push-ups, um, 10 air squats and 10 V ups. And let's say they get that done in 40 seconds and they got the 20 seconds to rest. Then the next minute is 10, um, jump squats, 10 lunge squats. And then we did 10 jump ropes. And if they get done, they have a little time to rest. And we repeated it. So on the odd minutes were the push-ups, uh, the even minutes were the jumps. Um, so that's just another way to get some, some fitness in. And again, it's at their own skill level. Um, another thing that we had success with was challenges. We had a push-up challenge that the kids really enjoyed. And I know other coaches talking to them have had like fitness challenges, like um, running a mile a day for the week, things like that, where you check in. We checked in through um, our Snapchat group and we, you know, we had a push-up challenge and then a couple of people went over a thousand push-ups in a day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had check-in time, so it was good stuff. I love it. Being able to work on your fitness level while you're competing against one another, even if you're not in person right there, still goes a long way. You got some competitive guys on your team. They're going to try to push themselves just so they can get that high score. I love it. Next one that is seems really, really difficult to do from a distancing standpoint is bonding, chemistry. How have you gone about that when especially up in Michigan, there's times where not only are you not coaching your team, but they're not even in class together. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely interesting, strange times. Um, the good thing is these, these kids are kind of used to uh, connecting digitally. You know, that's how they've grown up. Grown up. So there are avenues to um, go through. But um, some ideas I've gathered, and I haven't done all these, um, done a couple. One is like on, on your Zoom workouts, um, just maybe surprise the kids and say halfway through your workout, like, or at the end, whatever you want to do, you say, hey, all right, we're going we're gonna to split into teams and we're going to have a scavenger hunt and have them find household stuff. So they're like running through their house and they got to bring it back to the camera or, um, and they got like a checkoff list um, and have a scavenger hunt. And you can do that with, you know, some fun stuff in the house. Another thing we actually did this one was uh, online games. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played Among Us, Coach Kramer, if you've ever heard of it. 
um it's like a game that all the junior high and high school kids are playing right now it's it's anyway i i, I won't um, know nothing about video <laughs> games or online games or app games i have none of them none of them so i'm, I'm out on that I, honestly i the playing it with my players was the only second time i've ever played it um, <laughs> i had to play it one time before so i kind of knew what the heck i was doing um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun game. We did that on a zoom, um, for about, we ended up doing it for like 20 minutes and it was just, just fun bonding time. Um, another thing is I know some teams, uh, the coach I've talked to is like a team outing, which is kind of strange because, you know, it's, it's coaching through COVID. You can't get in the gym together, but you can go bowling together. Like, uh, I mean, you could it technically, um, I've seen some teams, especially around the holidays, do some great things for uh, families in need shopping things like that so that's a great way to do bonding um trivia you can always throw trivia in whether it's sports trivia um or you want to just have this i've done this before with um players and it's almost like the dating game and they fill out a form and then i would like have to guess what your answer was so uh, like coach troshek would ask coach you know coach kramer there you know what somebody's answer was and if they got it right, you, you get points for that. If you ever think of the dating game, I haven't done that one in a few years um, as far as the trivia, but that's fun just to get to know each other. I'll get to know your interest and, you know, share some laughs, some good stuff. Um, the last one I actually have is something, I don't know why I haven't done this. I'm kicking myself for not doing this as a teacher and not doing this um, on our Zooms yet. It's having Zoom stereotypes. So if you were to Google Zoom stereotypes, there's some hilarious videos out there. There's like the person that's always on mute, but doesn't know. Then there's the person that doesn't have mute. There's the person that's like always drinking, fidgeting. You got the person that has like a pet that always wanders in their video, you know? So you could give your players assigned um, roles. Yeah, like the one making noise, the one with the kid in the background, but you could assign them different um, stereotypes. And then at the end, your team has to kind of guess what each person's stereotype was. And I honestly, I, I thought of it later on because we do something similar, but we do it with, uh, um, when we're at team camp, we have what's called the character dinner and every person on our team gets a character and they have to be in person for the entire dinner. And it makes a lot of inside jokes. And then at the end, we, you know, guess like who, what, what character was that person? What character was that person? Just a fun way to do some bonding and, you know, those activities always provide um, endless inside jokes and laughter. Good stuff. Good stuff. What are, before you get into in-person coaching, what are some of the ways that you're planning ahead as a coach when that does come? You know, I feel like it's easy to, it's not easy, but I can see a lot of coaches working on the distance coaching aspect and then saying, okay, when we're in person, then we're going to work on that. But you want to prepare for when that opportunity does come. So how have you been working on that? Um, yeah, personally, just attending and talking or attending some webinars, talking to as many coaches as I possibly can, picking their brains. I was just uh, on Twitter talking to a coach out of Missouri, and I, I was asking him, you know, what are some suggestions you have, any tips at all um, for a coach right now entering the season? And he gave me some really good tips about um, having a routine for your players because he was talking, he really hit on players being quarantined. And he said, have a workout for them and then use that workout 
in your in-person practices the first couple of days so the kids the players know the exact workout they need to do if they were to get quarantined it wouldn't be like hey coach what do you mean by this drill what do you mean by this no we did it in practice so that way if you're quarantined um you can you know what to do you know the expectations um some other suggestions i've picked up um is as a coach write out five distractions that you're going to face this year and how are you going to respond to those um distractions so just be proactive about that and when we talk to coach frets from would i say that right sorry from ohio um his his he hit on tickets his big issues was tickets he didn't even want to hear about them he didn't want to talk about him he was he was over dealing with tickets so have a plan maybe talk to your ad and how, how are we going to determine tickets and i don't even know if in the state of michigan we're, we're going to have spectators so that's an unknown but you still have to have a plan for it um another thing that you can prepare for is what what would a practice look like coming back from a quarantine all right let's say we're quarantined for 10 days and then we have two days to practice what are those two practices are going to look like same thing goes with you know it's it's January 1st, we start in Michigan, whenever you're starting in another state, January 16th, what's your first week going to look like in big picture preparing for your first game, which we have, I think, six practices till our first game. So how, how are we going to um, prepare for that? And then if you're quarantined as a coach, I mean, that, that's the one that's real tough. What are you going to do? Who are you going to have step in? Is it going to be your JV coach? Do you have assistant coaches? Um, how is that going to look? Um, and then last, but, and probably most importantly is player safety. How as a coach, are you going to keep your players safe? Meaning, you know, protect them physically, mentally, also to eliminate any quarantines. Um, what can you do as a coach um, to limit their exposure and really their, their safety overall, not just against COVID, but, you know, preparing for their first game mentally, um, where they're at, how, how are they going to enter the season? So those are just some things as a coach that I would look at. I would start with, you know, the five distractions, because I think that's important. What five distractions um, are going to be, what are the going to be my five distractions season and how am I going to respond to those? That's great stuff. And for any of our coaches listening and you want to attend our presentation on this subject, you can contact us, contact at currentbasketball.com, at Coaches Edge One on Twitter. Uh, we'll send you the Zoom presentation link so that you can do that. It's coming out, say, a week from Monday. I want to say that's January 11th in the evening. We're going to do that presentation for our Coaches Edge members as well as any other coach. It's just it's too important not to share with everybody. We have a couple Coaches Edge meetings just for our own members every single month. Um, this was too important not to anybody that wants to join because this is really, really good stuff as we now start to transition towards coaching when we get to being in person with our players. So first and foremost, what are some of the things that are top priority for you when it comes to in-person coaching? Yeah, and before I answer that, I want to backtrack a little and say I'm looking forward to hearing other coaches what they've come up with because the things that I, I'm talking about today and presented have been from just speaking with other coaches, attending a couple webinars, you know, just brainstorming my, with myself. Um, so I'm looking forward to maybe some coaches that listen to this podcast and maybe it sparks an idea, always looking um, to kind of for other ideas. So I'm definitely open and I'm looking forward to that. Um, as we transition to in-person, um, one thing that I picked up during a webinar is that a, the coach explained, um, I think his coach in Georgia explained that 
they put in everything they had the first day. And as a coach, that might seem overwhelming. So maybe you say everything you want in for your first game, you put it in the first day and then the second day you reinforce it and then you kind of build out. So you take like a holistic approach where you teach everything and then you're going to branch off from it and kind of teach the foundation. So it might be opposite of the way of some coaches have coached them before where they start with the foundation, they start with the skills and then they build a layer on layer. This is more, you're, you're using it as a whole. And well, I like that because not to inter- interrupt you, but that's the same thing that coach Fretz did when we had him on the, the coach's edge meeting a couple weeks ago, he said he put everything in the very first week, because if a player happened to, you know, if you were to progress, which you might do, if you have a five or six month long season, which we don't have, right. You, I mean, that's best case scenario. It's not best case scenario. We have to do the best given the circumstances that we're in, in a shortened condensed season. So if you put everything in and then uh, one of your players has to quarantine because of content or contact tracing or whatever it is. And then they come back two weeks later, you say, Hey, you remember it at least a little bit. Cause we did touch on this in the very first practice or the, the first week of practice. I think that's, I think that's really, really big. So you, you don't want to put some in for the first time planning on doing it three weeks in, but three of your players aren't there. Right. So didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just, I just really want to emphasize that. And that's been a common thing that I've heard from a handful of coaches who are in it that seem to have done pretty well with this. And we just put everything that we want to have. We make sure we covered in that first week. Definitely. You know, it's a great point. And I'm glad that, you know, that I talked to some coaches and they suggested that. Um, I think it's, it's the right route to go. Uh, I would encourage film it, put it on your huddle, put it on whatever you have and probably try to get a, some sort of voice recording too, because if a player's watching it, they might be able to see, but they are not picking up on what you're coaching or what you're talking about or those points and then share it with your, with your um, players. And also it's an opportunity to share with your lower levels um, and it's available for later use. I mean, if you want to use it later in the season, which you might have to, or if you want to use it next year, um, it's just there. It's it's building in your in your um, video library. So definitely put everything you have in, record it, film it, um, share it out, and be able to use it later on. Good stuff. With the situation that we're in, as we also learned last year, as the season was cut short before the MHSA season was over, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So what are some things that you're doing, keeping that in mind in the back of your head? Yeah, this one I picked up um, TJ Rosine on a webinar for Key 5, and he said, um, basically, what if tomorrow never comes? What's your plan? And what he did was he had, I don't know if he did it the first week, I don't know if he did the first day, the second week, but he had everyone say goodbye to the seniors. And he said it was really powerful. And he said that he's going to continue to do that um, in the future because of how powerful it is, not even at the end of the season, like to really talk to those seniors and as a junior, as a sophomore and explain that impact because you might not have that opportunity. All right. Just like the end of last season, you know, some teams didn't have that opportunity to say goodbye to their seniors. Um, that's one thing is, you know, say goodbye to them, tell them how you, how you really, how you feel. Um, and, and celebrate them, which brings me to the next thing is senior night. We were talking to Coach Fretz, and he said that they had senior night on their first home game, and I was like, I love that idea. Let's love it. Like, these seniors have been through so much. Let's celebrate them. 
And, you know, yeah, your first home game, have it, have it be senior night um, and celebrate them because you don't know if you're going to get a second home game. Um, so those are just some ways to kind of talk about, you know, what happens if the season were to end today. I love it. And I think there's a cu couple things. The senior night aspect is huge. That's a big night for everybody that's been in your program for years and years and years. Usually it's their last home game. Well, as we said, that first home game could be the last home game. So, I mean, get that done, get that in. You know, I've talked to another coach and they were like, we're going to do the second home game. We're, we're confident that we might get two home games in. We think we anticipate the first home game being a crapshoot and something goes wrong and we're not going to be prepared for it. So we're doing it the second home game. I was like, hey, that's that's great. You're just not putting it off to the end when that may may not come. I think that's that's great. And then the, the sharing aspect of players and even coaches being able to open up and share what they respect or admire about another player is fantastic. And it's something we need to do more of, not just in basketball, but I think in life in general is let people know we appreciate them. I still remember my last year playing basketball in Germany, and it was our last practice. And my head coach, Nenad Jasapovich, which I still probably pronounce incorrectly. And at the end of the last practice, he went around and said something, you know, deep about every single person on the team. And I already loved this guy to begin with. But after he said that, I was ready to run through a wall. Like, what do you want me to do, coach? I'm in. Let's go. Let's let's do this. And it just goes a really long way because we're just not used to doing that. Most times in life, we're like, ah, we'll just get to it later. If the pandemic has taught us some things, one of those should be, we're not guaranteed certain things, things that we take for granted. We take advantage of, of those. And if somebody is important to you and they mean something to you, let them know about it. All right. That goes a long way. So sorry for my tangent. I get fired up. I get fired up about that. All right. With this in mind, coach, you got a shortened season. I mean, your season could go from mid January to what mid March, like two months, right? So you got to keep it simple. What are some ways that you're able to do that? Yeah, I just was looking at a tweet this morning and I, they broke it down based on how many practices in between games. I forget it was basically you got one point. It was like 1.4 practices or 1.5. So you're almost playing a game game practice game practice game practice throughout the season um so you got to keep it kiss keep it super simple all right and it's going to depend on your the makeup of your team are you returning a lot of guys so maybe you can do a little more complex things are you bringing younger guys up that you didn't get any summer basketball with so each person's situation is going to be different but keep it to like two or three keys and i'm not talking about two or three keys on a one finishing move, like, uh, you know, inside hand finishing move, make sure you jump off one foot. I'm not talking about keys on a skill. I'm talking about like, as in a whole defense, three things that they key on. And it could be like, we are going to protect the paint. We're going to communicate and we're going to block out. And that's all you focus on. All right. So we want to protect the paint. It could be on offense. We want to move the ball. We want to attack the paint and we want inside out. We want to play inside out, meaning we want kick out threes or we want to post touch and then out. Um, so keep it to three things as a whole on your offense and your defense. Other thing is like ride your strengths. You should you probably, unless you got um 
you know, a young team that you don't know a lot about, you probably have a good idea of what your strengths are. So play through those until somebody can stop you and then have a counter. All right. Um, and then cut out, cut out the fat. So let's say you have three different ways to defend the ball screen or even two different ways. Just cut it to one this season. We're going to do, this is what we're going to do on every ball screen. All right. It doesn't matter who, who it is. All right. And then as the season progresses, maybe if you're playing league the second time through, maybe you add a second way to guard a ball screen. That's, you know, that the team really, um, a guy comes off really well and can sh knock down a shot where you do something different. Um, also pick your favorites. So as a coach, self-evaluate what plays have been the most efficient and narrow it down. And I would give you like a challenge of a number, like oh, we're going to only run three zone sets. We're only going to run three out of bounds plays, but we're going to run them really, really good. And we might have some counters and we're going to really dive into those counters this year. So instead of players having to memorize eight, nine plays, they're going to have to know two or three plays really well and also be able to read off of that. Um, so those are just some things to keep it, keep it simple um, and help your players out in the shortened season. Shortened season, you have to cut the fat. I mentioned that on the last podcast of 2020 was looking at what a normal season might look like for you as a coach and saying, okay, what are the things that were somewhat additional or maybe you planned on last year, you had two somewhat base type defenses, but you were going to throw in a third kind of jump or surprise type defense might have to save it for next season, right? What, what can you really concentrate on? Because it's not just the time frame that we have that is, is condensed, but the memory bank of your players. I mean, your players have been just put through the ringer this past year with all the different things that they've had to adapt to. Now you're going to try to throw five months of knowledge that you had planned in the season into two. It's probably not going to happen, right? And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be really good at two things than okay or average at five, right? And just hanging my hat on a couple really good, solid strengths that we can rely on. Is that something that you've tried to emphasize with your program as well? Yeah, and it's honestly difficult because I'm one of those coaches and, you know, it's a fault that I almost try to do too much and then I'll have to cut it out. Kind of, I've always thrown a lot in and then pulled it back. But this this year, I don't know if I'm not going to have that the time to dissect it and be like, well, that didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work. I'm going to have to go what I know and I'm confident is going to work um, because we're not going to have that time of reflection. We're not going to have the time of evaluation of what we're doing well, what we can improve on kind of, you know, early in the season where you can kind of try some stuff out and play with some stuff, even in summer basketball, we didn't have that. So you're going to have to go with what you think's best for your team. And it also has to be simple and condensed. Um, and as we're talking through this, like, yeah, what do you hang your hat on as a program and ride those strengths? Like I mentioned, and, and ask yourself this question as a coach, if we, if we can win a game in only one way, well, how are we going to win that game? The answer might be, we're going to be excellent in our transition offense. We're just going to push the ball because we got numbers and we got athletes. Uh, the other on the flip side might be, we're going to slow down the game. All right. We're going to have long possessions. We're going to play in gaps, pack it in. We're not going to pressure. We're going to force teams to take a lot of time off the clock and we're going to force them to outside shots. Um, so if you have one way to win the game, maybe it's like, we're going to kill the glass. We're going to get a lot of second chance points and we're not going to give up any. So ask yourself as a coach, what way, if you have one way to win, what way would it be? 
And at the end of the season, you should be known for that. Um, co the teams that have played against you, coaches that have seen you play, should say, yeah, they're really good at insert whatever it is. Um, uh, and with whatever you hang your hat on and play through those strengths that are going to help you out this season. Absolutely. Again, being really good at a couple of things, especially at this time, can go a really, really long way. What are any other areas that you're trying to plan ahead? You mentioned some of the distractions, like write down five distractions. I thought that was that was really good. Um, you know, how do you handle as a, as a coach? Think about like how are you going to handle a canceled game? You mentioned already. How are you going to handle when a player is quarantined? You talked about, okay, we've done some of these workouts early in practice so they know what they can do. Um, teams quarantine, you're putting in um, a lot of your sets and everything within that first day and first week so they can do that while keeping safety a priority. That's all really good stuff. So you had in your presentation what's called an honorable mention list, which I thought was cool. So what are some things that are kind of additional adding on that can help benefit your team, your program during this time? Yeah, I uh, had kind of five keys for um, in-person and distance and these were on the list, but didn't quite make that top five or I didn't really know where to put them or, but they're on the honorable mention. One is have a guest speaker alumni for whether it's distance or they come in probably more likely a distance. We had coach Burton come in and speak to us and he gave, um, a phenomenal talk about, you know, the tradition of Brown City basketball and what players can do right now to make themselves better. It was great. Um, so that's one thing you can do. Pick a program pillar, like maybe your program pillar is you put in extra work. Um, you know, we go, we go the distance, we put in the extra work, um, extra 1% and then kill that. So for your workouts, instead of doing ball handling for 30 seconds, you're doing them for 31 seconds. You're doing Instead of doing uh, 10 push-ups, you're doing 11 push-ups because as a program, you always do one more. Um, and that's your motto. So pick a program pillar and just kind of crush it and focus on it. It could be from a distance or in person um, that is your pillar. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but create a, um, a database, Google Classroom somewhere where all your players can get that information, where they can find PDFs, where they can find your workouts, where you can communicate, which brings me to the next thing is communication with parents. And it's on one of my, as a as personally, as a coach, that's one of my, not distractions, but I guess issues that might arise. How are we going to communicate to all these players and all these parents with so many moving parts and so many changes this season? Um, so that's on my list. Um, and how, how I'm going to respond to it. And that's what we're working on right now as a coaching staff of communication. Um, and then what have you, this is more from a distance, but like what have you you wanted to do but never had time for? And I kind of hit, hinted on that with the leadership. Is there anything else that right now going into your season that you've never had time to do as a coach? Maybe it's, you know, um, watching leadership videos as a group, whatever it might be. And, and do that right now. So those are some things that made the, the honorable mention list um, for both coaching through COVID from a distance and in, in person. I love, I think those are all great things for us to keep in mind. Um, you know, you mentioned in your presentation, having access to a video library of drills. You can do some of those things personally, very program specific. I also know a place where you can get hundreds of drills. It's at thecoachesedge.coach which you can sign up for in March. Shameless plug right there. Another thing that I think is really key, especially as I talk to 
many head coaches. Like the majority of the coaches I know, they're the head coaches, but you have a staff, you have JV coaches, freshman coaches, junior high coaches. So I would encourage all the head coaches that are listening to put some of the things, the responsibilities that you're feeling and share those with your coaching staff and start to delegate what are some of those responsibilities that they can take control over? Do you have an assistant coach who could be in charge of all parent contacts? Do you have another assistant coach or your JV coach who could be the one who's really dug in on the video library, the skill development, right? And then maybe you as a head coach, you're working on more of the strategy and the X's and O's and some of the scouting. Like you go on and on with all the different variables. Do you have a a young freshman coach or junior high coach who's really excited? They want to be a a head coach, varsity basketball coach someday. And you say, hey, you know, I don't know if we're going to have a youth basketball season this winter or not, but what would that look like? You know, some of the things that we've done in the past, here's some of our information. Here's what, what that's looked like. Why don't you hand some of that over to them and say, you know, why don't, why don't you try to build out what a condensed youth basketball league might look like house league for our team. And then if you have a question once a week, twice a week, let's just touch base for 15 or 20 minutes on a phone call, zoom call, whatever that is. And we can go back and forth, but you haven't put it all on yourself as a, as a coach. And I think that's going to allow your program to be better. That's going to allow your assistant and your lower level coaches to feel like they are in on the program, which is tough to do at this time. It's tough to feel like you're tight knit and in a group when you're not with other people on a consistent basis. So you're really getting two birds with one stone. You're being able to, to delegate and accomplish other things, right? Five people working really hard, much better than one person working really hard. And they're, they're feeling like they're in, and they are. They're an extremely important part of your program, but give them the opportunity to take some ownership and help build what is, in your case, Brown City basketball. Can't emphasize that enough. No, it's a great point. And it's yeah, it's something I hadn't really thought about or, or mentioned on this podcast. And I'm glad you brought it up and it's good stuff, coach. Coach Show, anything you want to add? Any final thoughts uh, as we as we finish out this podcast? I do want to mention that January 11th we'll do a Coach's Edge workshop presenting on coaching through COVID, both from distance and in person. I think there's going to be a ton of great takeaways for coaches on that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and um, I'm looking forward to what coaches have done, or any suggestions, or any ideas that they're kicking around. Um, and I think that's that's part of the, the workshop and part of the benefits of being a member of the Coach's Edge is that you just kind of mentioned that togetherness where you feel like you're just a coach by yourself and you got your staff, but there's other coaches going through similar things and they have ideas. There's another coach from a different state that is going to go through or already went through what you're about to go through that you can pick their brain. So that's, um, you know, just a great platform and um, a great program to have the Coach's Edge. Uh, last thing I'm just going to leave with is have a mindset of, you know, as a coach, what lessons can I teach from a distance? What lessons can I teach in person? And then how am I going to do that? 
And, you know, ask yourself, are you mentally tough as a coach? And right now is no, there's no better time than right now to demonstrate that mental toughness to your players and yourself. Um, and lastly is um, be empathetic with, with everything going on. And I can't um, emphasize this enough because you don't know what the other player, your players are going through. You don't know exactly what um, your staff's going through. Everyone is going through this um, differently and you just have to do your best to support them through it and also, you know, provide them with an opportunity um, to kind of, you know, have some fun with it. It's been such a tough time. Some is tougher than others. So provide them with a safe environment um, for your coaches and your players, but yeah, be empathetic because everyone's going through this differently. No, that's a great, that's a great way to finish it. Basketball, going to practice, playing a game. I mean, that, that should be a, a chance to have some freedom to, to be free, to take it in and to enjoy it during a really difficult time, giving people grace and having an understanding of what their situation might be. Uh, you said it best. That's a great way to finish out the podcast. So coach, thank you for joining us. Coaches listening, thank you for being a part of the Coach's Edge podcast. If you're interested in joining our Coaching Through COVID presentation, hit me up, contact at KramerBasketball.com, at Coach's Edge One on Twitter. Coach Troshak's contacts will also be in the show notes below. Thanks again. Happy New Year and get after today.